You're listening to Bloomberg Law with June Grosso from Bloomberg Radio. Michael Avenatti became famous across the country while representing adult film actress Stormy Daniels in a lawsuit against President Trump. So famous that he considered a run for president. Now he's sitting in jail, a defendant facing 20 years in prison. Avenatti is on trial in New York for allegedly trying to extort as much as $25 million from Nike while representing a youth basketball coach. He denies the charges and says he was just negotiating for a client who claimed that Nike made illegal payments to elite high school athletes. I am confident that when a jury of my peers passes judgment on my conduct, that justice will be done and I will be fully exonerated. Joining me is former federal prosecutor Robert Mintz, a partner at McCarter in English. So explain the case against Avenatti. What prosecutors have alleged in this case is that Avenatti demanded that a whistleblower client of his be paid $1.5 million from Nike, and then also, allegedly without his own client's knowledge, he also demanded that he and uh, fellow attorney Mark Garagos, who's not charged in the case, be paid between $15 million and $25 million to conduct an internal investigation of Nike of the very allegations that were made by his whistleblower client. So the defense says that it's not extortion because you use harsh language in negotiating for a client. This wasn't extortion. This wasn't fraud. That was litigation. Well, it's not unusual for there to be a settlement in a civil case that requires confidentiality on both sides. But what made this case unusual and what drew the attention of Nike's outside counsel was that Avenatti was also allegedly requiring Nike as part of its settlement to hire him to conduct an investigation on behalf of Nike. It's extremely unusual to be adverse to a client and at the same time ask as a component of a settlement that that company hire you to do additional legal work. So it's extremely unusual, but is it illegal? Well, according to prosecutors, it is. The prosecutors have argued that this is essentially fraud and a shakedown because what Avenatti was doing, according to the government, was threatening to go public with these allegations right before March Madness, which is a time where there's a focus on basketball and and a lot of Nike fans are paying attention at that point. And it was also a time that uh, Nike was about to have its earnings announcement. So the threat, according to prosecutors, was timed perfectly in order to damage Nike's market capitalization potentially by billions of dollars. The defense attorney said that the SEC is looking into these allegations against Nike. Does that help Avenatti's case in any way? Oh, sure, it absolutely does. If if you're the defense in this case, you want this case to be all about Nike and all about the allegations that somebody at Nike was paying young basketball players and they're paying their families, which would be illegal as a way of funneling money to them in the hopes that they would continue to wear Nike sneakers as their career progressed through college and perhaps even into the NBA. That's what the defense wants the case about, and prosecutors will fight vigorously to continue for the jury to focus not on that allegation, but on Avenatti's conduct. Before trial, Avenatti made claims that he was being targeted by the Trump administration. Is there any way of using that? Again, I think we can expect the defense to suggest 
that he was being targeted because of his prior representation of Stormy Daniels and that alleged hush money payment to the president and all of the publicity that surrounded that. But I think that the prosecution is going to try to turn that around and argue that what Avenatti was really trying to do was essentially to weaponize his fame. In other words, that his big following on social media, his presence on TV, and his general notoriety was something that he was trying to leverage as a way of threatening Nike that if they didn't make these payments, which the government believes were extortionate payments, he was going to go public with these allegations and damage Nike's financial position. The prosecutors had asked the judge to prevent defense lawyers from mentioning Stormy Daniels and President Trump, but the judge said that would be impossible because it would otherwise seem that Avenatti suddenly became this incredibly public lawyer magically. Is that advantage Avenatti? Well, I think the judge made the right call in that case. I understand why prosecutors don't want to let this case go too far afield. They know that if they get into the whole Stormy Daniels issue that the defense is going to try to argue that somehow Avenatti was being targeted by Trump and by the Trump Justice Department because of the positions he took adverse to the president. But at the same time, I think the judge was right that it's impossible to really tell this story without understanding who Avenatti was and the fact that he had this large social media following, which was part of the reason he was trying to use that, according to to prosecutors, as a way to leverage the settlement from Nike. Of course, the defendant doesn't have to testify in his own defense at a trial, but with this set of circumstances and with the way Avenatti is known for speaking his mind, does it almost compel him to take the stand? Well, you're right in that in the vast majority of criminal cases, defendants do not take a stand in their own defense because it gives prosecutors the opportunity to essentially retry their case. In other words, once the prosecution has rested and the defense begins, if the defendant takes the stand, prosecutors will essentially ask in questions and cross-examine the defendant with the entire prosecution case. And usually that does not end up well for the defendant. But in this case, given Avenatti's notoriety and given the fact that his fame and his ability to speak publicly were so much a part of this case, I think there is a reasonable chance that Avenatti will take the stand in his own defense and argue that all he was really trying to do was aggressively advocate on behalf of his client and that he does have a brash person personality, and he is an aggressive lawyer, but there's nothing illegal about that. He was simply trying to do what was best for his own client. Have you ever represented a lawyer because it seems like you'd have an advantage in that the lawyer knows what the rules of the road are, etc., but you might have a disadvantage in that the lawyer wants to do what he or she thinks is best rather than what you think is best? Yeah, I think it is a challenge for Avenatti's lawyer to try to control his own client here. Certainly, Michael Avenatti is familiar with trying cases in front of juries. He's very comfortable in a courtroom, and he's going to be someone who is going to try very much to call the shots in his own case. At the end of the day, as in any trial, a defendant is the one who gets to make the final decision on what to do. So his lawyer can give him his best recommendations, but at the end of the day, Michael Avenatti will decide how his defense will proceed. Avenatti has been held 
without bail since he was arrested in L.A. after prosecutors last month said he violated the conditions of his bail by moving money around improperly. And I wonder about the willingness to put him in jail so quickly when we've seen other instances where high-profile defendants, Roger Stone and Paul Manafort, for example, were given chance after chance by the judge after they violated the terms of their bail. Well, Mr. Avenatti is being incarcerated in connection with a different case, not the one that is currently on trial in New York, but for a case out in California in which there are charges against him that he embezzled client funds. In that case, he was out on bail, and there were certain terms of his pretrial release, which he apparently violated, and the judge has put him in jail, at least for the time being. I expect that that order will be appealed, and generally the judge may let him out sometime prior to that case going to trial. Those are decisions, though, that are really up to the discretion of the trial court, and when there are instances in which a defendant and clearly violates a judge's order pre-trial, there are some instances where a judge will actually incarcerate you pre-trial. We'll have to see how this one plays out, but I expect that at some point he will probably be released before that trial begins. So looking at the whole set of circumstances here, is the case tougher for the prosecution or the defense? Well, this is a highly unusual case because the way this case played out, it began as a civil case. It began as a whistleblower case where Michael Avenatti was representing this client, sitting down with Nike's outside counsel and with Nike and having what the defense claimed were reasonable and typical settlement negotiations. But at some point, the outside lawyers concluded that this was not a settlement, that this was really more of a shakedown. And they actually reached out to federal prosecutors to alert them to what was going on. And then Nike's outside counsel actually became a witness who recorded these settlement communications with the defense in order to build this case against Michael Avenatti. So it was a very unusual case, and the facts here are certainly not something that we see all the time here. I think at the end of the day, the biggest challenge for the defense is to explain why part of this settlement was that Michael Avenatti would benefit by an internal investigation that he was trying to compel Nike to engage him in something that not only did that not benefit his own client, but according to prosecutors, his own client was not even aware of this component of the settlement. That is the part that the defense is going to have to try to explain to jurors as to why this is routine, why this was not illegal, and why somehow this internal investigation benefited Michael Avenatti's own client. Thanks, Bob. That's Robert Mintz, a partner McCarter in English.